3: Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Rev. Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. has been won, and now our true work begins. Welcome to the Elysium Project. In the Olympian tradition, Elysium is the highest heaven the human mind can conceive. Join Hercules on his latest and greatest quest, making the life we live and the earth we share a paradise for all.
0: And welcome to the Elysium Project I'm your producer Hercules Invictus And today we have some phenomenally Awesome shows to share With you. The first is Cac Young's The Art of Healing In which Cac will be Interviewing the Easter Bunny And we will all find out Straight from her mouth uh, How she got her gig. Greetings and welcome Cac. How are you? Thank you, Hercules. I'm just fine And how are you? I'm doing great. I started uh, the uh, activity aspect of uh, Chart Your Course, and uh, my life is changing radically and quickly. So, uh,
2: uh, (laughs) oh, good. I I hope that's
4: for
5: the better.
0: Um, Ultimately and eventually, yes. Uh, What do you call it? Um, But uh, there were some losses along the way uh, too. We lost uh, my aunt, and we lost uh, our dog. So. uh, um, no. Um, yes. And, uh, Zena? Zena, yes, a little warrior princess. Oh, she, I'm uh, so sorry. We had gotten her initially from a farm in uh, Pennsylvania that I guess you would call like a puppy mill. And, uh, she, uh, um, didn't have uh, papers because she wasn't up to par, but you know we weren't looking for a dog that had papers or you know uh, uh, was judged in those ways. We fell in love with her. She was uh, such a sweetie, and uh, she's been with us for uh, um, a while and uh, you know a good uh, eight years, and uh, um, she, she was so much a part of our lives. And now there's a huge hole there. And uh, my aunt, uh, this was my favorite aunt uh, growing up. Everybody has one of those. Uh, So both of them reinforced uh, the message that uh, life is short and can end at any point in time. So uh, it it taught me even more. I keep learning this lesson over and over again. Every time I think I heed it, but uh, I guess there's more to learn uh, to, um, you know, basically love – the people you love fiercely uh, while they're there and um, uh, live without uh, regrets in your interactions with them and and be kind every moment you possibly can. So uh, um, the events were instructional and eventually it'll stop hurting. uh, But for right now, they're still a bit, uh, you know, extreme.
4: Oh my gosh. And very tender. And I'm very, very sorry for your
0: losses. Thank you, Kat. How did you manage to book the Easter Bunny? Uh, Being a mythical person. You
4: know, Hercules, it's a story. It's a story how I got to the Easter Bunny. You know, I I do have a background in show business, and I do have a Rolodex, and I just kept calling and calling and calling until I could get – Uh, through to the representative, the agent of the Easter Bunny. And uh, finally, with a great deal of persuasion, I guess I caught the Easter Bunny a little bit early this year. Um, You know, (laughs) because we know that Easter is... Primarily a Christian festival, mm-hmm. and it always falls on the full moon in the spring. It, you know, it was set by the calendar setters of, of long ago. Oh, so yeah. I know that a lot of people associate the Easter Bunny with the Christian traditions. And I thought, well, if I could get in early, maybe before the Easter Bunny starts working, uh, I, I I would get the Easter Bunny. And so tonight. I am very proud to welcome the very one and only Easter bunny. Happy to be oh, here. Awesome. Wow, there. Now in case anybody's ever wondered is the Easter bunny a boy or a girl? Right
1: now we've just found out you are a miss. Is that correct? Uh well, or perhaps a misses, but definitely female. Oh, great. I know many
4: people have wondered if you were boy or girl, I mean, you know, what with all that work to do and all those eggs, but then the laying part, I mean, there's a lot of confusion
1: around that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, the story started a very, very long time ago. It's an ancient story, and I'll bet Hercules already knows it because he's of that kind, you know. But I was once a great bird that pulled the chariot of the goddess Ostara, the divinity of the radiant dawn, of the return of the light. The the very spectacle of our journey across the sky brought with it the return of springtime and brought joy and blessings to, to all. It was a wonderful time. The idea of resurrection and renewal was ingrained within the celebration of the life of Ostara. But times and beliefs have changed, and except for vibrant reminders by brilliant people like Hercules, most of the old gods and goddesses have, for the most part, retired. But once a year, in memory of my former life as a great bird, and in gratitude for my transformation into a swift-footed little bunny with long ears and a warm furry coat both of which are wonderful in colder climates and well no tale to speak of once a year i lay brightly colored eggs as a symbol of the awakening of the earth and the renewal of life and i hop around the world delivering my treasures to children and people who still believe incidentally will someone please tell the children that i just love it when they leave carrots out for me It's like cookies for Santa. It's a long, long night, and and nourishment is greatly appreciated. Now, do you get across the entire world with eggs in one night, Bunny? Well, I do have some help. I have some assistance, as all of us great icons do. Oh, you have elves? No, I have helpers. In some countries, they're foxes and and in others they're cuckoo birds. They take different forms in different countries according to the to the traditions but I'm the boss I'm the one in charge. I set the schedules and and lay out the plans and design the eggs and, and well, you know all that administration stuff
4: wow and so now i've been calling you you know ms bunny
1: do you have a name can we call you by your name i have many names do you many names in many countries and um i'm just happy to be the easter bunny here so shall i call
4: you miss easter or mrs bunny what would you prefer hmm
1: well, since I was once the, the best friend of of Estra or Ostara or Oista or Oister or Ostara, see what I mean, where the problem comes in? I do. There's
4: so many names. Yeah, well, I she know that there are so
1: many names, I can barely choose one of my own. Well, I know that there's one. There's Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, are you
4: related oh, to Jessica?
2: <laughs> Jessica
1: <laughs> is a cartoon caricature and is just a regular rabbit. I am the Easter Bunny. I see.
4: So, well, all right. Well, then you don't seem to need to be named. I'll just refer to you whatever comes to mind. Ms. Bunny will do. Ms. Bunny. Okay, so it's a Ms. Bunny from now on. Mm. Now, what do you think about children um, who jump in and color their own eggs? Is that harming your plan,
1: or what happens? Oh, heavens no, you can never have too many Easter eggs. And it brings out their creativity, which is something I absolutely always am thrilled and and blessed by. So, no, 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 the children must continue to do that. It's, It's a reminder of the old times. They connect to ancient stories when they do that and ancient rituals, and they celebrate the season. It's a very good thing.
4: Now, I had heard that the Catholic Church uh, wouldn't allow their members to eat eggs hundreds of years ago, that they could only, they had to wait until Easter. And so that's how kind of the tradition happened. Everybody was all stored up and then they just went crazy
1: feasting on eggs. Well, you see, part of that was there was an appreciation, I think, for the value of eggs and the wonderful things that eggs can do for you. And. You will realize that what the Catholic Church said for the most part was that they couldn't have those eggs during the Lenten season. When you give up those things that are treasures and wonderful and sacrifice for yourself, but come Easter, it's all over and you can celebrate and go back to having your treasures. Think of it as M&Ms for the old days. Well, and I I
4: also think maybe the Russians got a little carried away because didn't they put diamonds and stuff around oh, their eggs? Oh,
1: yes, they did some beautiful things. And Fabergé was not any paltry creative effort at all. I mean, people recognize the symbology of eggs, which are about fertility and abundance and and joy and beauty and new life and renewal, and they celebrate that by decorating them however they do. There is really only a minor difference between your child's colored Easter eggs and a Fabergé egg or the Russian eggs. It's just a different expression of the same process, which is the celebration of the wonderful renewal of life that comes with the spring, and the egg represents that. Well that's pretty interesting
4: and I think the decorations are fun. That's pretty old though. I mean, when did you start letting that decoration happen or did did you I mean, did you start out with just white eggs and then somebody spilled some paint on them or I mean, what's the whole origin of making them
1: fancy like that? Are you not paying attention at all? This is not just a regular old chicken egg after all. We are talking here about Easter eggs. And Easter eggs have always been Wonderful and colorful and flamboyant. I started the tradition myself, I should know. My gift to, to the old regime, to the old ways, my celebration of that was to present these brightly colored, beautiful eggs, not the paltry white ones or sometimes brown ones that you see, but brightly colored, beautiful, gorgeous examples of eggdom. I see. And do you pick certain chickens
4: to lay the colored eggs, or do you paint them yourself?
1: I used to be a bird. Ah, okay, that's right. That Easter would, eggs, not just eggs. Easter eggs. I lay them myself. I
4: understand. So, uh, wow, you're pretty talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, that keeps you busy, uh, pretty busy, doesn't it? I, I mean, do you, do you take any time off? Are you all laying
1: eggs all year long and just storing them up? I can't divulge the secret process, but I can tell you, but once Easter is over, I take a long vacation. I'll bet
4: you do. Now, do you know other people like, I mean, people who do stuff around the world? Do you, like,
1: know Santa and Cupid and those kind of people? Do you, do you hang out with them? There is a camaraderie amongst we icon types, yes. and um, And we do fraternize occasionally. When we aren't busy, of course, because most of us have jobs that keep us busy all year long. But yes, we are aware of and know each other, and occasionally celebrate together.
4: Well, that's that's very nice. Uh, so, uh, what are some of your uh, Easter stories? Have you ever had any Easter mishaps, or have you ever run out of eggs, or you know, have you got anything
1: we can share with us about Easter? Well, one must never run out of eggs. That would be like Santa Claus running out of presents. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, it
1: simply isn't done. We make sure that there is always plenty of plenty to celebrate the springtime. And, of course, there have been some mishaps, but most of those are involved with people, you know, using chicken eggs. And, and doing that sort of thing. Um, you know, the whole egg-rolling thing that people do now, most of those things all go back to old pagan customs, and specifically old Germanic pagan customs, um, which is where it kind of all started. Nowadays, of course, the you know my eggs have are, are of course, appreciated, because they are the Easter eggs, after all. But, you know... Um, Godiva doesn't do a bad job. There are chocolate eggs and there are candy eggs. And, of course, there are those wonderful little eggs that they put windows in and put scenes inside. I just love those, although I wish more people would put pictures of me in them. But um, they're lovely. There are so many wonderful traditions that have been started around Easter. And as creative as people are, of course, I'm sure there will always be many more.
2: Most of the
4: eggs I've ever encountered are hard-boiled. Is that uh, to, like, prevent people from egging
1: cars or other people or something? Well, if you try to roll a raw egg, you're going to get into trouble, aren't you? And, and yes, we don't want to, to tell people that they should do mischief with, with our eggs. Um, they should do pretty things at this time of year. Make the eggs beautiful. Replicate the springtime. How do you feel about an omelette? Well, those are chicken eggs,
4: so I really don't care. I see. So yours are the very special Easter eggs. Easter eggs, yes. Okay, now what? Now, do you, you know, Santa kind of says, ho, 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 uh, I wish everyone to all a good night, uh, you know, things like that. Do you have a special, like, phrase you use?
1: When you were a little girl on Easter morning, if you listened very, very carefully, if you went out into the garden and were looking for eggs and listened very, very carefully, you might hear the echo of my voice saying, Bobo, Coco, Mari. Win it means, these eggs I leave for you.
4: Wow, you know, I think I did hear that several times. I didn't know quite what it meant. I thought it was, you know, my my mother shouting some sort of Celtic, uh, I don't know, blessing or something. But it, really, is that it, what language is that?
1: It's in Finland. We speak this language. <gasps> is that where you live? Mm, I visit there frequently. It's a very good library. Uh, you
4: people, well, I, you people, I mean, I'm talking about, like, Santa and all that. You seem to like cold weather, Finland and all. Is, is that, Are you happiest in, like, frigid
1: weather? Well, you know, back when I was a bird, not so much. But once I was transformed, once I had my fur and my ears and my tail and, and and I became a quadruped so I could hop around more better, then it became... More likable to be in colder climes. Um, I was appreciated more there. People would pet me. Um, I got a lot more attention, frankly, as a bunny than I ever did as a bird, except, of course, for that one glorious romp across the sky with Ostara ah, at the beginning of spring. Ah, the good old days. The huh? good old days.
4: You know, I'm thinking you probably didn't have the opportunity. Well, maybe you did. Of like a career choice if you had a counselor or something and you uh, said gee man I'd love to be a bunny that delivers eggs all around the world I mean if if what did you fill out in like your SATs and stuff to get to where you are did you apply was there an applicant I'm asking too many questions
1: no no see from from time immemorial I was that bird that drew the chariot across the sky and it was only on one very Cold, cold, cold Easter morning when Ostara took pity upon me and said, this is just no way for a bird to live, and turned me into the bunny. So it was really the goddess's choice that I be this, but I've never regretted it for a moment. I
4: see So, now, are you, I mean, this is probably rude, but are you going to live forever, or is there going to be a bunny number two? I mean, could some, could
1: young children aspire to be the bunny? I am the Easter bunny. I am immortal, (gasps) as the gods are. They have given me that gift. Hercules would understand.
4: Ah, well, he would. Yes, he he
1: would. Do you
4: deliver eggs to the Pantheon? Would Hercules, for example, and Athena get
1: Easter eggs from the Easter Bunny? Can you go into those realms? Of course I can. I was transformed by a goddess, the divinity of the radiant dawn, and I visit her on a fairly regular basis, and she hangs with those other guys. I see. Well, now, if you had messages if you had
4: wisdom to impart to people uh that you've learned that you would like people to know if if each egg had a little gift or a morsel in it what what would you what would your message be what would you want to tell people at this time of year
1: i would tell them to remember to celebrate the spring To celebrate renewal and to remember in the darkest of times, in the coldest of times, that spring is always just around the corner. And to have faith and believe in the return of the radiant dawn and the new life and the new promise of spring. So
4: people are having a hard time in life. How would you you know, if they're feeling like they're in winter forever and everything is raining
1: on their parade and it's dark, what would you tell them about that? You know what I would say? I am reminded of a painting by an old friend of mine, Corita Kent, that that showed some pretty new blossoms. And, And the inscription on the picture was, so far the crocuses have always come up. And I would ask people to remember that no matter how cold the winter, this year being a very good example of that, no matter how cold and rainy and dark and dangerous and threatening winter may have been, it is always, has always been and will always be followed by spring. The crocuses will always come up. The flowers will bloom. The sun will shine. The light will come back into their lives. Darkness is not perennial, is a temporary set of circumstances. Look for the light. Well, you
4: were mentioning earlier that this was like a festival of light to begin with, that this was like an awakening, a new dawn, and I guess every civilization that came along transformed this time of year and this symbology into something that worked for their belief system i think yeah so you just it seems to me you just kind of like went along with each incarnation and you became what you needed to become so that you could bring those eggs symbolizing light into
1: everybody's world am i on the right track well, you know, I think the truth of life is you have to stay flexible. You have to kind of go with the flow. And if everybody is headed in a direction, perhaps better than trying to fight that all off, it is better to get ahead of the crowd and inspire, you know, make it a parade. So it wouldn't matter to you if a Republican
4: or a Democrat were in office, you'd still have Easter
1: as a neutral celebration of life. Easter and the holy days, the holidays that we celebrate, especially Easter, though, because it is about renewal, I think, is there always not so much to be neutral as to be universal and eternal. And it will last long after any passing phase, or passing problem, or passing challenge, or any political party or point of view. Well, that's really interesting. Now, I, I wonder, why,
4: when you're hopping about, do you skip over the yards of little Buddhist children and little Muslim children, or do you leave eggs
1: for everybody? I leave eggs for everyone. If they don't look, they may not find them. And that would be according to their beliefs. But I'm nonpartisan all the way. Now, in this day and age of
4: cameras and phones and videos and stuff, has anybody ever captured you? Do they wait up? <laughs> I mean, people wait up for Santa and just try and see if they can see him or watch him eat cookies. Or I mean, there's no question that Santa's a boy. So I guess the Easter bunny is a girl. But do how do you avoid the cameras and the surveillance?
1: We're pretty good, aren't we?
4: You, <laughs> see <laughs> you and the foxes and the birds. And now, so you're not going to tell us
1: who works for you. Let's just say it's a fairly large company.
4: Well, can anybody apply? I mean, she went on and searched in Google and said, "Easter Bunny's company. Can I? Can I? Could I apply?
1: Could I help out this year or next?" You can help out by being the best person you can be. By celebrating the dawn, well, in your case, because I know, I've watched, you don't like to get up early, celebrate the day as early as you possibly can. Celebrate the spring. Remember the spring and remind other people about the spring and the newness and the renewal of life. You can help in that way. It would be much better than just wanting to deliver eggs, trust me. Well, then probably that's a good
4: message for everybody out there. If they really want to celebrate Easter and really want to get into, oh, the philosophy and the practice behind it, that they would just go ahead and celebrate every day. Well, now, isn't that a bright idea? I'm a little slow, but I think
1: maybe I picked up on your message. It's about bringing the light, you know? It's about bringing the, the brightness and the light and the promise of, of the spring into every day. The word Easter comes, comes from the word east, which shares its root with the word aurora, which means to shine. If we would, each one of us, shine our light if we would get out of the doldrums, if we would pick ourselves up and, and be a bright light, if, if we would allow that light to shine through us so that it illuminates not just the dark spots in, in a day or a moment or a room, but the dark spots in other people's lives. If we would add to the light instead of adding to the darkness, well, my friend, it would be a much better world. Well, I like the fact
4: that the word Easter comes from the old, I don't know, Teutonic, German, Finnish, caveman word for east, which is where the sun rises. So Mm -hmm. I suppose that your image, your symbology, uh, goes back, well, to the beginning of time.
1: Indeed.
4: Now you're catching on. I see. So back in that old Garden of Eden, or Noah, do you think those people all celebrated this time of year, this spring, this
1: festival of light and life? Well, Noah was pretty stuck in the whole winter rain kind of thing, you know, as yeah. as so many of them were. Um, but they even tell the story of, you know, when, when they were on the ark, they they and it had been 40 days and 40 nights of nothing but rain, kind of like living in Seattle. You know, it had just gone on and on and on and finally someone got the bright idea to take one of the doves and send it out to see if it would find land and it returned with a sprig of green in its mouth telling everybody that there was spring somewhere that there was a place not far away where the light was shining and it was beautiful and and bright and and not all wet all the time so you know yeah in their own way they did the same kind of thing and of course you know we we call it easter now but originally it was a pagan festival and and before that it was just people getting together and going look the darkness is going away and the light is coming and the and the Dark ground is giving forth little sprigs of green things, and things are growing, and and food will be here. And we don't have to eat the dried-up old ham much longer because the animals will come out of hiding, and there will be fresh food and fresh vegetables, and things will be good again. It's been going on a very long time. Wow! It sounds now. Were
4: you that dove? I mean, you were a bird and all. But you, did you start out as Noah's dove, and you went out and got that, and then you became this bird for Ostera? Yeah, it was kind of one of
1: our people. Osteria predates Noah and
4: uh, the ark and, uh, and
1: the
2: dove.
4: Oh, uh, okay. So you are you already had I'm your older job? Than that, yeah, yeah, you're older than that. Wow! Wow, that's pretty. Were you like uh, around for the Big Bang?
1: Mm, shortly thereafter. I see. Wow. So you've got a real perspective on this life stuff. Yeah, pretty much been here since like, you know,
4: day six. I see. And has there anybody been anybody in history that has really, um, I don't know, screwed up Easter? Have they done anything that, I
1: mean, was there anybody you can put your finger on? Well, there have been those over the years who have tried to calm people down and get them not to celebrate although i don't know why anybody would do that there have been a few laws made all of them eventually set aside people will celebrate it is in their nature to celebrate and spring brings that forth it 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 says to the people rise up Celebrate the dawn, celebrate the light, be happy, live life, look at what Earth is doing. Earth, you know, is just a great big sign for all of us about the promise of life and that that beauty and, and light and goodness and growing things go on. It's, it's like a big postcard from the gods.
4: I heard that in Queen Victoria's time that that's when... The eggs were starting to be, you know, colored by humans. That it was then that they made little, they made little holders for the eggs, and and they really sort of went all out. I, um, I don't know historically if that was before, or after Fabergé, but uh, it seems like people were, kind of getting
1: into this whole festival thing. Well, yes. I mean, there's that little round orb, just except for the ones i deliver of course just crying to have somebody do something to make it look prettier i mean it's 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 like think of it as sort of an oval shaped canvas that just seems to be begging for the artist in someone to paint a picture on it to make it look even more beautiful we can't resist them can we no, and, and what would that process be?
4: What would, that, what would you want people to do when they're painting their eggs?
1: I'd like them to really give it some thought. I mean, I know you can go buy those kits and just put it on that wire thing and dip it in the water and come out, and it can be, you know, just a color. And there were times way back in, in Christian tradition when it was quite the thing to take a, an egg and dye it a deep, deep red at Easter time, in remembrance of, of the passion. But today, why not make it a ritual? It doesn't have to be heavy handed, but, but to look at the egg before dipping it into the dye or to, to, Put the wax on it that will create a pattern, or better yet, get markers out and draw pretty pictures on the eggs. I'm sure that's how Fabergé started. I'm sure how all, that's how all of that started. Someone just said, "Here is a canvas," and I am guided to put something beautiful on it. And and then take a moment, realize that you're part of an ancient, ancient, ancient tradition, and and that your contribution to that is as important as anyone's what can you place on that egg that will be a reflection of your creativity your beauty your contribution to this wonderful thing that we call springtime
4: do you think people should start like writing messages on eggs and like valentines and hand
1: them out to people should they start that kind of a tradition that kind of a ritual Well, that's kind of already done, and my friend Valentine might not be thrilled if we steal his idea. Ah. But on the other hand, there would be nothing wrong, since most of the time more people color more eggs than they could possibly eat and often give them away in little decorative baskets, that they put little messages on them, just something sweet that says the spring is here or the light is coming or be happy.
4: Wow, be happy. Okay, I think that's our message. Now, Hercules, do you remember on Mount Olympus uh, when you got your first Easter eggs? How did you feel?
0: Oh, I felt uh, very touched uh, that uh, the goddess who we know is Cory, the beautiful one, um, she's an incarnation of Persephone or Proserpina as the Romans uh, knew her. Uh, And she had many other guises as well. So it was always a treat when she came to Olympus to remind us that uh, all things end, but through the ending comes a new beginning. So not to despair, but to have hope in our hearts. And uh, some of her other messages resonate very powerfully, too, that we should be the best that we can be uh, at all times and that we should be ambassadors uh, of love and kindness and uh, concern. So I always look forward to having her visit and getting one of her eggs. And I'm enjoying listening to her now. It brings you back to the top of the mountain um, where we often gather together in the amphitheater and heard her speak.
4: Well, yes. Now, did you know her when she was the bird? Did you see her flying around in the sky, or did you only know her uh, as the bunny?
0: Uh, No, I've known her in many guises, and I remember when she flew through the skies bringing a light. And uh, all of her guises reveal but an aspect of her greater being, and that still remains a great mystery, uh, the mystery of rebirth. Ah,
1: yes. It was a wonderful time then, and it's another different kind of wonderful time now.
0: Very good. Correct.
4: <laughs> so I'm wondering if anyone out there has any questions that they'd like to ask the Easter Bunny. She's she's a wise old hare, and we could certainly ask questions of her that um, I'm sure she would be happy to shed some light on, if you'll pardon the pun.
0: No pun. <laughs> Um, I put up a special post uh, that if anyone has any questions for or would like to speak to the Easter Bunny on cat Young show tonight, please call 646-564-9714 between 9.15 and 9.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. Alternately you can post your question in the comments below, and I will read them on the air. And I've been uh, sharing some of the, the Wisdom and startling information that's been coming out, but so far nobody's responded. Uh, so I will ask questions if that is uh, well with you.
4: Well, that's lovely because I'm sure people are just in awe. Having the Easter Bunny on air, is, I think it's a first, and I'm sure that they're just gobsmacked so. with the whole idea. So I can understand that, you know, forming words is hard right now, but asking you asking questions would be. Fantastic.
0: I I am in awe, and I'm familiar with the work of this wonderful being, uh, and it has uh, put me in silence. So uh, um, I'm talking <laughs> through my wonderment right now. <laughs> oh, yes. Easter one, known by many names. Um, as I grow older, the temporariness of it all um, strikes me as something very uh, powerful. Um, I am an artist uh, because I am a creative individual and uh, like all artists, I have uh, discovered that uh, art exists through your working um, in a limited medium. So uh, you have uh, a canvas, you have whatever you have, but it limits you and your materials limit you. But the art, the beauty of it comes from working within those limitations and finding something new and wonderful Uh, Could it be that the temporariness of our lives here on the mortal plane uh, have a similar message?
1: Ah, my old friend. (laughs) Don't you think it does? I mean, really, aren't we all, each of us, just a limited canvas? We are as tall as we are. We are as wide as we are, although that is subject to change. We are where we are and and limited – by our very existence on this beautiful planet. And, in fact, we know that our time here, from beginning to end, is temporary. Although, for a very long part of our lives, many of us ignore that fact or simply Mm -hmm. deny that it could affect us. But the truth is, we are temporary beings, and so isn't our job, isn't our job just to do with the canvas that we have the very best that we can to make it as, as beautiful and as enlightening and as rich and as much a gift to life as we possibly can in the limited time that we have to create this work of art.
0: Thank I you, would think, well, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I'm okay. Go no, ahead. You oh.
4: Well, and oh. I would think that you know, in that symbology is also the The decorating of the eggs, which is a very personal experience, and it can be as meaningful as Ms. Bunny suggested. It can be meaningful and thoughtful, and it can be the rite of passage between winter into the spring because you – traditionally make them bright colors, you traditionally make them cheerful, Um, they are kind of, you celebrate it in the morning so that it's already got a new spirit to it. It's not tired, it's fresh, it's vibrant. And I would think that in that uh, process itself, the symbology should work for everybody regardless of a belief. If the Easter bunny is in fact Switzerland and can hop all over across all the religions and is universal, then why wouldn't it be a good thing for everybody to create their own message, to create their own meaning as they make that conscious transition between winter of being internal and introspective and then outgoing in the spring where planting takes place, where we put new seeds in the ground, where new thoughts, are formed new energy is started and we begin an exchange in the winter we are solitary in the spring we begin an exchange where we till the ground we plant the seeds we begin to come out of our huts it's warmer and so we begin to share it is social and i think that if we use that symbology we really can uh start to make this a meaningful feast whether it's christian or not Or if it's just Ostera and the bunny. Now you're catching on. There we go. There we go. We had a breakthrough. We had an egg breakthrough.
0: That that is awesome. And since I have both goddesses uh, here, and we're speaking over the glowing lights on the glass screen. How about we make that into an actual uh, holiday? Um, Athena and I, in uh, reviewing uh, the next 20 or 30 years, whatever time uh, we're granted, uh, we both decided to recommit ourselves to our ministry. Uh, Currently, our ministry is blessing the town, my blessing people uh, on social media. I performed a few weddings recently, but um, we would like to do more. Uh, with our time and uh, we're aligning ourselves to various calendrical systems like the civic calendar, the wheel of the year, you know, uh, to celebrate as much as possible with our community. Uh, I would love it if uh, both of you goddesses could uh, work with me and I'll make it into one of our holidays and we'll celebrate it uh, openly.
4: Well, I think that's great. I think it should be the new covenant, a new beginning, the way, the way that we uh, recreate
1: the step between winter and the spring, the new energy. And really make it a celebration. I, I agree with yeah. Achilles on that. Not just um, you know, a day when we get new outfits and and, and eat chocolate bunnies. Oh, what a terrible thought. Um but <laughs> but that we really make it a time of celebration of the earth and what it gives to us and the changing of the seasons. And because we are all connected and that is all connected, the changes within us, if we will allow them, we can drag the winter into the spring with us if we choose. But why choose that? Oh, I think we should all
4: get new hats. I think that the Easter bonnet has been a great idea. A new hat that is as outrageous as possible, with feathers and things on it, uh, would be great. No, 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 I didn't say bunny feathers, but I mean, Thank you. you know, yes, nothing to do with a bunny. But we can certainly put feathers that the birds drop. We can, we can make our, we can be festive. I think Easter hats are a good thing.
0: I'm not a hat wearer, but uh, I wear many hats in my community. uh, So I will add a metaphorical hat every uh, Easter from this point on.
4: Yes, I think that's a good idea. Didn't you have a crown, though, at one time? Weren't you? I've I've seen pictures of you in your earlier days
0: with a crown. It it itched, so I decided uh, (laughs) nowadays I'm not in vogue anymore.
4: Well of course. And I would imagine it being metal and all, it's a little heavy and irritating. Yeah, it gets hot in the spring
2: time.
0: Um that's true. And and Athena. what about
4: Athena? I mean will would she be okay with a hat? Do you think she'll like hats?
0: Athena likes hats. Uh, she has a fox hat which she got uh, recently and she wears it uh, quite often. Uh, to the consternation of clerks in retail stores, for some strange reason, but but she enjoys wearing it, so she does.
4: Well, you know, the fox is also a symbol of Easter, so right. I think that's perfect. Uh, in many in many uh, places, foxes and cuckoo birds. So maybe you would like to wear a cuckoo bird hat, perhaps.
0: I, I will you try one. What
4: <laughs> we'll try one on? Great. We'll 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 search for one on the internet one cuckoo bird hat
0: there we go I'll look. You know, this as is as all you very easy to for you
4: that. to talk
1: about hats have you ever tried to put a hat on someone with long ears
4: yes it's very hard
1: for you i imagine.
4: i would, well we could cut holes in it couldn't we i'll have to knit one you knit one okay a knitted bunny hat miss bunny well well i think you know we've pretty much covered all of this um we could oh, so what do you think about the Easter music, Ms. Bunny? Are you happy with the tunes or would you like
1: to see maybe some quote hip hop new written for you? I appreciate all kinds of music that celebrates the ritual of, of springtime. You know, there was a time when it was when common folks would, would make up ditties and dance in the streets and and really celebrate the the coming of the spring with bright songs and ditties and and refrains then when things changed um a few thousand years ago the music got more somber and uh, and heavier but it was no less beautiful it was just different so I suspect that if people wanted to celebrate the spring and, and the Easter time and, and all of this wonderful newness that is happening in the world with a hip-hop song, that, that might be appropriate as well. Well, I would think that hip-hop would be really right up your trail.
4: know so the speak. hip-hop part. Yes, I get it. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. And isn't there somebody's name out there who's like, uh, hi- a bo- uh, yeah, I'll have to look that up. A rapper that uh, would do hip hop songs for Easter. I think that's good.
0: We'll, we'll I really put, don't keep uh, up on I'm that stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Greek, so. I have no problem with dancing in the streets. That's uh, part no, of dancing right? in yeah. the streets is wonderful.
4: I think Farrell would do a good song, a good New Bunny song. We'll ask him.
1: We'll ask. We'll ask
4: him. Yes, I think so. Well, you know, Ms. Bunny, you're going to do an awful lot of work now. You you kind of go around the world, so you go through many different time zones mm-hmm. when you do that. You're kind of like a hurricane that way, I guess. You kind of go across all these equators and the time zones. and Well, and like I say, I have help. You I'm have. In management,
1: pretty much now. Uh, oh, I see.
4: Yeah, and so well, that would be good. Do you have any problems with the weather? Do you have any heat problems? Do you have, I mean, you know, refrigerated vehicles? What? Uh, well, you're a company, so I guess you've
1: covered all we, that. We've covered all that. We have the company um, taking care of all
0: that. Would you like me to read what I've shared so far, and see if you'd like me to share anything else? So Easter Bunny. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. Yes. Okay, um, the Easter Bunny would appreciate your leaving carrots for her as she wends her way across the world instead of cookies. That's Santa's favorite snack. You've heard Perfect. it here Perfect. first. Jessica Rabbit is not the Easter Bunny. Yes. And if you're interested in the legends and lore of this ancient and iconic creature, you'll love the show. Wow, the meaning of the Easter Bunny's weird late-night whispers finally revealed in Finnish. Um, the Easter Bunny's Game of Thrones motto, Spring is Coming, and uh, the Easter Bunny's many mythic adventures and countless guises now laid bare. Is there anything you'd like me to change or to add uh, to those uh, um, descriptions of what transpired tonight?
1: Oh, I think that's lovely, Hercules. Just, well, just lovely.
4: Yes, and I think the idea that we're, be, we're going to be creating a festival, a festival of light and awakening uh, based on what we've talked about tonight, I think that's probably worth a tweet or two.
0: Oh, that, that is definitely worth uh, many um, a comment. I'm not tweeting yet, but uh, um, since we're sticking with the Easter theme, maybe I should learn to tweet uh, as well.
4: Well, yeah, and certainly hop. I think after today you'll need to hop a little bit. I'm just looking up some Easter eggs here, and I just need to go down and, you know, in history of saying that my favorite Easter eggs are the ones that are marbleized. They look like marble, and they come in all kinds of beautiful colors. So uh, I, I'll be certainly, in my new ritual this year, I will be marbleizing Easter eggs, and I'm going to get... Colored carrots, I've decided I want to leave out purple and white and uh, yellow and orange carrots. I want Ms. Bunny to have a choice uh, so that her journey across the world is, um, is a pleasant one. You know, and it might not even be her. It might be, um, you know, someone that she delegates. But at least I think it's the thought that counts.
0: I, I it think is, so and too. it would
4: be most appreciated. I love the colored carrots. <laughs> kind of like colored eggs, I think that would be kind of a good thing
1: color 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 it's springtime,
4: yes, and i I keep you know humming in my head, Bobo coco mari, I think that's lovely. I think if we all learn Bobo coco mari, these eggs I leave for you, then maybe we can think about what eggs we leave behind every day, I mean. Uh, perhaps at the end of the day, you could ask yourself, what kind of eggs did I leave in the world? And maybe that's a way to do a little self-reflection and put some meaning into this, uh, what might seem like a superficial and silly conversation.
0: Wow.
1: Isn't it, after all, about where your treasure is? And if your treasure, like mine, happens to be with Easter eggs, then, yes, absolutely, it's about the eggs that you leave behind. But whatever gift it is that you give to the world, remember that and remember to give it. And at the end of the day, to be thoughtful and say, did I today?
4: Yeah, and I think, you know, my whole... The uh, idea of the Easter bunny has certainly changed. I thought that it was just, you know, some sort of cute symbol that you got stuffed toys and you gave to little kids and, you know, everybody got up and went to church once a year. I think Easter is probably the most well attended church day in every religion um i don't know why that that or maybe christmas eve but i think uh, you know it is and maybe now people will have a little bit more idea of the real meaning and the power behind this particular feast
0: wow it, you're inspiring me to want to bring back the Eleusinian mysteries in all their splendor and glory. Uh, oh, so that, yeah. Uh, oh,
4: please do. Oh, please do. That would be wonderful.
0: I will get on that it right away. One- all
4: right. I it, wish yeah, just like was you need here. something yeah. more on your plate, Hercules. Well, that would call for
2: a whole plate.
0: I was here to hear all this wisdom. I mean, uh, um, I am, like, totally awed. Uh, um, And uh, Marlene is so wise uh, that I would have loved her feedback Maybe she can listen to the recording And next time she's on, I could ask her about it
4: Well, I think that's a good idea Because, because, you know, she will definitely listen to this recording And uh, I'm sure she'll take
1: notes and, you know, have her thoughts about it I mean, And I will remind her to do that We're old friends as well Ah. Oh,
0: wow, thank you
1: (laughs) Of course,
4: that's very nice So, um, Easter Bunny, is there any gifts that we can give you besides just carrots? Is there anything you need? I mean, you're going on vacation. Do you need any travel items? Do you need a beach towel or anything? Is there something we can give back to you?
1: (laughs) You can give back who you are. Give the gift of your light to the world, and that will circle back around to me and make my world a better place. Well, that's pretty interesting. I uh,
4: I, don't, I don't know. I, I I I thought this was just going to be a stupid conversation, but I think what we've had here is a really deep uh, metaphysical experience. And you've certainly brought brought a lot of depth to you know that uh, hippity hop idea of the bunny. Well, you know, I'm not just your average bunny. I guess not. You're not just made of chocolate. There's you know, you're not just a pretty face. I thank you for that. Yes, I think that's really great. Um, and Hercules. Uh, yes. How does this How does this affect your life? How does this work for you? Um, will you communicate all of this to the people on the Mount Olympus, or or is
0: this uh, what What will you all do wind. with this? They're they're all here on the etheric plane, but they're all here listening. So uh, I'm sure we'll be speaking of this uh, uh, for a long time to come. And you're missed, uh, Persephone. You know, it's been a while since you've uh, been up the mountain. So uh, please, and bring Cac with you. We all know that Cac is the revealer of mysteries. Um, She is a goddess as well, and uh, you're both welcome on Olympus. I know you're busy. We're busy, too, but uh, there's always time for family.
1: Absolutely. We will get past this, this little holiday coming up and um, make sure that all the deliveries are made and head to Olympus. What a great place to take some time off. I'd love that. Yeah, maybe, you could, maybe
4: that's where you can
1: vacation is
4: on Mount mm-hmm. Olympus.
1: With my old friends. With your old friends. My really old friends.
0: I feel like that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Uh, So what is next uh, for uh, CAC, for you and for Marlene? I'm sure you have a lot of wonderful things uh, happening. Uh, We're using your books in our our Theurgy class, and soon we'll be ordering some more. And, uh, of course, I'm very enamored of uh, Chart Your Course, and uh, this is the second year I've been experimenting with it. And um, what else is on the horizon?
4: Well, two things. Um, One, for me, is that I just finished writing. My publisher liked my book, The Healing Art of Essential Oils, which you and I talked about on the air about a year ago. They liked it, and they asked me to write a beginner's book. So I did that. I spent... Oh, probably December and January, writing the uh, Beginners, uh, well, the Essential Oils for Beginners. It's part of their Mm -hmm. series of beginning books. And so I turned that in uh, last week. They're going through it now. We'll have a few fine tunings. And then I am starting to write my crystal book for them, which is an intermediate crystal book. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be, um, we haven't decided on the name yet, but it's going to be something about intermediate Uh, intermediate healings with crystals and that's going to be for people who already know what crystals are and they understand their power and they'll be able to really put them to use and i'm going to reveal all lot of them probably most of all my healing techniques the ones that are different from ones that are out there they're a little different and i stress how the vibrations um, are transmitted through the crystals into the human aura and to the human being. So I'll be telling all that. That's going to take me about three months to write. And in between, uh, I sat down and I just had to write this other book. And I'm almost finished. I have another uh, four or five days writing it. It's called Mm -hmm. Healing Cats with Bach Flowers.
3: Oh, I love that.
4: Yeah, and it's great because my friend Lisa tenzin with whom I wrote a book about my dogs, she wrote a book about um, emotional healing for dogs through her academy, which is the International Canine Association uh, for Psychological and Emotional Well-Being of Dogs and Training, and... Um, I'm not saying it right, but it's the ISCP. And you can get a certification through her school about emotional and behavioral training of dogs. So she's written a book, which is one of her advanced classes, for emotional healing of dogs with black flowers. And when I uh, was reading it uh, uh, for her, Um, I said, oh, my God, you should write one on cats. She said, no, you should write the one on cats (laughs) because my new book just came out. It's called The One Minute Cat Manager, and it's now fresh on Amazon, and I do know a lot about cats. So I'm writing the Bach Flower Healing with Cats because already my book is selling well. It it doesn't doesn't ship until – April the 21st, but it's called the One Minute Cat Manager. And it's about being able to manage a cat and have a pet so that people will feel much more comfortable about adopting a cat knowing that in one minute increments they can interact with their cat they can determine its health problems and they can fix problems so it doesn't take that much time to do it just takes focused concentrated actions and everybody can can adopt a cat and give them a loving home so that we can reduce how many are euthanized each year so the one minute cat manager is for everybody i encourage everybody to buy it. And right now, if you go onto Amazon, it's only $9.79. And if you have Amazon Prime, it ships free. So it's the best deal of the century, one time only, buy the book, learn about cats, help support the welfare of cats. And then later on in June, I'm going to self-publish uh, healing cats with box flower remedies so that we can heal our cats naturally and with uh, vibrational essences. And that's wow. what I'm doing.
0: That is awesome. And uh, synchronistically, uh, in the name of Zena and my aunt, who also loved uh, animals, uh, we started working with uh, a local uh, um, veterinarian who does animal rescue and then seeks to find homes. So uh, we're going to be posting information every week on uh, dogs and cats uh, who are looking for homes. So uh, I'm setting up a show uh, just for that endeavor. So you're more than welcome to come on uh, whenever you'd like. I'll send you the schedule as soon as I have one uh, to talk about uh, your books, because your books certainly uh, are of benefit to the animal community and to the humans who uh, care for that animal community.
4: Yes, indeed. And they're completely um, affordable, and and that's the way I wanted it. So thank you, Hercules. I look forward to that. And I think we can say thank you to the Easter Bunny, and good night to Almost the Easter the Bunny. Start. I know she has to get on her way. Busy, busy, busy.
0: Bobo Coco Mari.
1: Bobo Coco Mari. <laughs>
0: um, thank you so much. Uh, I had an awesome time, and I look forward to our next uh, conversation. Uh, say hi to Marlene. Tell her she was missed.
4: Uh, I will do that. I'll pass along your good wishes.
0: Thank you. See you, you. soon, uh, old friend. Bu- Bye-bye, Corey. I'll see you soon, and we will resume the Festival of Persephone. Perfect. Uh, we're going to listen to Dave the Bard's Cauldron Born, uh, which contains a very powerful uh, message of transformation and rebirth, and then we'll be back with the Empowered Hour with Sherry Hosick.
6: Just like you Who feel the powers of earth, sea and sky Of dragon and fairy and shades of the night Hear the call of our ancestors of blood and bone The birds sing in sky, of dragon and fairy in shades of the night. He calls to his ancestors of blood and bone. The
2: cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You. Will...
0: Having some uh, difficulties with the board here. Uh, welcome back to our show, The Elysium Project. This is your producer, Hercules Invictus. And now we are starting the Empowered Hour with our host, Jerry Hochek. And his guest is Catherine Perman from Body Therapeutics LLC. And the topic is healing modalities. Uh, welcome.
7: Greetings. Hi, Hercules.
0: Hi. Uh, I'm really looking forward to listening to your show tonight. Uh, uh, I was uh, researching uh, Catherine um, and posting links uh, on uh, my timeline, and wow, I'm, I'm phenomenally impressed. And uh, oh. um, so have fun. I'll be here if you need me. Wait, wait a second. Don't go away. You had the Easter oh. Bunny on. That was the Easter Bunny. Uh, Kat uh, Young uh, <laughs> sent me that that's her guest. And uh, how can I say no to that? How often do you get the Easter Bunny on your Optimal Wellness show?
2: <laughs>
7: that's pretty wild. Um, so is Catherine with us?
0: Catherine's uh, yes. yes. Welcome, Catherine is
7: here. I am here. Hi, Catherine. Hi. I forgot which town you work out of.
5: Fort Lee, New
7: Jersey. Oh, oh Fort Lee. Okay. All right. And um so I thought we could I I know you do. Well, what do you want to talk about? What aspect of what you do do you think is more relevant given what's happening, let's say in society last whatever year, last 18 months or or what's happening now?
5: Um I I guess I what I would like to say is that there is a lot of there is a lot of health um, available to people with um, uh, without you know they don't know that there are other uh, available manual modalities out there. <laughs>
7: Maybe the dog doesn't know either.
5: <laughs> um, and yeah, so i I guess I just want to educate a little bit what is um, available out there to the public for their aches and pains and, you know, discomforts. And I, I, I personally have found these modalities. Yeah, I personally found these modalities when I was in trouble myself and I had tried everything else that was out there. Um, in my previous life, I was an opera singer for many decades and I – I needed to keep my instrument, my body, in tune. And so I tried many modalities, relief, body, mind, and spirit. And one of these modalities in particular, namely craniosacral therapy, found me and changed my life. So I, I was inspired from being a client And that influenced me to pursue it uh, on a professional level. At the time, again, I was an opera singer, and I would work on my my colleagues, and they would have some amazing results, relief from their headaches, relief from their um, neck aches, relief from their back aches, and I was just aghast. So it Um, It encouraged me to study further, and in the course of studying these modalities, other modalities come up that complement and um, accompany uh, wellness for people. So I've added these to my practice, and hence the title, Body Therapeutics. So it's a collaboration collaboration of... um, Various modalities, primarily cranial sacral therapy. I have lymph drainage. I use visual manipulation. I use total body balancing. I have some emotional release and Reiki and other energy healing modalities that I add to my practice. So when a client comes to me with an you know discomfort. I will assess what's going on with them, and find the bottom line of their pain and their um, where their tension is being held. Um, and and then we will proceed with there from there. With you know with each client, it's going to be different. What uh, modalities I may use, but um, after so about
7: what? ninety minutes. Go what ahead. kind of things are people coming to you for to, to resolve? Mm.
5: So I would say a big thing would be headaches and migraines, mm-hmm. some uh, chronic neck and back pain, you know, just high anxiety, stress, mm. tension problems, TMJ, dental issues, sleep issues, <laughs> emotional stuff learning disabilities, dyslexia, ADD, ADHD, um, some vision and hearing issues, memory problems, recipe
2: Yes. Is 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 there
7: any one thing that's more common kind of lately in the last six months? Are you seeing more of uh, folks um, showing up for any particular uh, issue?
5: you when you know when our body is under attack, you know whether it's been an accident, some sort of an emotional trauma, a physical trauma, you know our body will start layering and and um helping to compensate until it reaches a point where it just says "I'm done and um pretty much gives you the middle finger. so um <laughs>
2: So my job
5: is to un- unravel these layers so um, so the client can come back to home, homeostasis. And your body always wants to go back home. And um, so even though they might have a backache, it might be coming from their cranium. And um, the bones in your head are very uh, movable, and they should play well in the sandbox, and when they don't, they create this ripple effect that will cascade down your spine. So um, a lot of tension will start in the attic. You know, people want me to work in the basement, but basically a lot of stuff is happening above the problem. Area. So.
7: You mean in the head, in the mind?
5: No, not necessarily
7: in the mind, no. but actually in the cranial bones, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, right, right. Okay, I've, done, I've actually done cranial sacral therapy. Ooh. It was one of the first ones I, I tried some years ago, so I'm familiar with it. And uh, I actually like it a lot. It, 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 um, aside from being effective, it, it actually feels pretty good to, to have it done on you. Yeah, it's
2: yeah. ultimately
5: relaxing because yeah. what we're doing is taking, is getting rid of some deep seated restrictions, and your central nervous system is is chilling, and you're going to feel, you know, ultimately um, much more relaxed than when you came in. Yes.
7: So, and would um, would you mention what you? What brought you to this practice initially, as a patient or as a client? Um, was, was it something physical? What, what was going on?
5: Well, as a, as, a, um, as an opera singer, I was you know always dealing with issues and uh, that I needed remedy. You know, there is a career about take, keeping healthy when your uh, body is at stake as a performer. So, um, you know, I had sinus issues, and I wanted to consult a craniosacral therapist about that. However, at the time, I had um, a back spasm so much that I could hardly get on the table. And I had told her to ignore that and that um, I would go to the doctors and get a uh, Novocaine shot later. So after my initial visit, which was a brief two hours, um, I jumped off the table and Eureka, you know, my love for this uh, uh, therapy was born. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's how I was um, introduced to craniosacral therapy was as a client.
7: Oh, great. So um, I think we should also, while we're at it, we should define trauma you did mention trauma. A lot of lot of what you're working on is, is trauma or uh stress related issues. Um that could actually originate from traumas. And Correct. so so most I think most I actually I'm not sure what most people think of when they hear the word trauma. Um, you know, bombs blowing up next to a soldier in a war or maybe a woman, you know, getting raped in a parking garage or something, or um Correct. Somebody getting mugged, beat up uh, mercilessly, and um, but there's a lot more trauma to you know than, than meets the eye, I guess, or than than I think we're aware of. Um, there's there's a lot of um, I actually I'm seeing information that most most addiction is caused by. Um, emotional abandon, abandonment by one parent or both and um, I'm understanding that that can be very traumatic and um, often, often diag- undiagnosed for some time uh, until perhaps somebody m- meets somebody like you and has some sessions and you're able to release let's say the, the charge or the energy behind the event um, right. Which everything uh, would you say that everything does kind of get stored in our body as energy because everything is energy in the first place, right?
5: it's all it's all energy, and you know, I mean, we're as soon as we leave the womb and welcome to the world, the whole uh-huh. birth incident can be traumatic for some little guys and girls, um, you know, and and there can be some issues that start from delivery. So, um, and if, you know, sometimes they can work them, their way out, but other times they don't, and they develop into issues that will, you know, complicate through, um, you know, teen and adulthood. Um, yeah, depression and emotional difficulties, uh, there is a definitely um, a, a protocol that we use for um, treating those, symptoms, and the client should get almost immediate results. Um, Most of my clients are very happy after a 90-minute session and will walk out floating in a different way than when they came in. So um, There's a lot that can be be done in a short period of time. Again, I just think there's um, a lack of Information out there for people to know that there are modalities to help you through your struggles. And uh, like I've had clients that have had uh, uh, headaches, migraine, for 30 years. And after one session, one 90 minute session, her headache was gone. Another client who came in, she had seen four. Um, medical doctors for her vision was going blurry, and you know I just uh, cross my fingers and treat what I find, and um, and she was able to have clear vision after her session. So yeah, even even for me, I walked on water that
7: day. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm think I'm coming to see you because I I'm mm-hmm. having a lot of trouble reading. Um, I used to wear contacts for for driving mainly, um, and then and then it 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 my doctor actually did uh, make me aware that my uh, vision close up would start deteriorating because I'm wearing contacts, you know, to see further out. And um, so I stopped wearing contacts. So my, my um, vision, like driving, is is actually fine now. It improved itself. My brain readjusted. But I still have issues re- uh, reading. But that's, I think that's just a difference. That's a different animal. Um, but um, I, I, I've done work with people that do... You know, similar modalities I've done, I've done cranial sacral years ago. I even done, an, um, if, if you know or if you're familiar with, um, it was a form of EMDR, which, which stands for uh, Eye I'm Movement yes. Desensitization yes. and Reprocessing. Dr. Francine Shapiro started using it, I believe, in, in 80, 1985. She was treating trauma with, uh, Viet, for Vietnam War veterans, and she was having some, some success. And, but now there's there's so many um, tools, uh, modalities out there, techniques, treatments, um, and you know, mainstream medicine. I think is just kind of starting to catch up. The last few years, they have a long way to go, but um, they're starting to really see the, um, you know, the the significance and the the um, the potential in. Uh, some of these modalities. So I, I think it's just, you know, it's it's a, everything's a process. Change, unfortunately, with the human race seems seems to go fairly slow most of the time.
5: Well, you know, the the problem is, you know, most people have insurance or not, mm-hmm. and um, their their first line of, uh, of defense is to find a you know physician to help them with their headaches or migraines. we will go to the doctors, he'll say there's everything's clear on the MRI, here's some meds, and they'll go home. So there's a little white pill that everybody seems to like to get from the physicians, and then there's the problems of getting addicted to those and not really solving the underlining issue, which can be very deep-rooted. And like I said before, We can layer and layer and layer a problem until, what happened first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know, but I just want to unravel your tension and restrictions and let your body reset itself.
7: Great. Um, So so you do you do a modality specifically called emotional release, or it's
2: actually
5: called somato-emotional release, S E R. Somato emotional release.
7: Okay. Somato um, what means with the body, right? Correct.
5: So okay. for example, I had a client who was stopped at a stop sign, looked in her rearview mirror, saw a car coming behind her who was not going to stop so before that car mm-hmm. hit her. So in that moment she had an emotional reaction to the accident, and she had whiplash through the accident. So there's a a couple components that got compounded in one incident. So there is the physical and there's the emotional. Again, sometimes one precedes the other, and they can both be stuck in the body. If people have noticed they've gone to professionals like physical therapy or chiropractors and and the tension keeps returning so sometimes there's an emotional compa- component that needs to be released again on a deep level and there's techniques for unraveling them and sometimes they just happen automatically with the physical uh release so it's hmm. you know you're getting you're getting two bangs for your buck
7: too <laughs> yes two bangs <laughs> for the price of one um <laughs> Right. No, that makes sense. I've I've experienced something like that. Or get sometimes getting the information or the connect connecting the information together will just uh facilitate a release. Um, usually emotional. Um, but uh that's so and how long you've been doing this work? I it's probably not that long, right? Mm-hmm. You were singing up until are you still do you still do opera singing?
5: No, there's no time right now. I'm just so passionate <laughs> about this and you know, yeah. you're either an Iron Man, you know, or uh-huh. bust, you know. So I know right. I, my niece um, just gave her, her, you know, her farewell performance as an Iron Woman, Iron Man. Oh. And she said, you know, I'm not going to do this as a hobby, you know. Okay. <laughs> not do it at a level of such intensity, you know. So um, yeah. I may, maybe a T- point in time where I can have some time to maybe vocalize, um, but right now I'm, you know, sort of passionate about all this um, this new direction that my life has taken. So I started taking classes about um, 15 years ago, and as I said, oh. I was working on my colleagues, and, you know, when their headache disappeared or their neck ache disappeared, I was like, whoa, so this stuff works. You know, and it it just encouraged me to continue with the the uh, curriculum and introduce uh, other curriculums. Um, for example, when there's the body, if you think of the body as a piece of fabric. I'm
7: sorry. What was that? A piece of
5: as a piece of fabric.
2: Fabric. So okay.
5: Fabric. You know, nicely
2: mm-hmm. ironed.
5: And at some point, somewhere on the hip there's a little twist that happens. And somewhere up in the shoulder, there's another little twist that happens. So now we have a nice crease running diagonally across the body. And that's called focal pull, misalignment. And that can be remedied as well as a manual modality. So... Some people have but lots of techniques that I can use to um, alleviate a lot of pressure tension that has been misaligned due to underlining structural problems.
2: Hmm.
7: What Can you share with us one? What's one of your more memorable sessions with a client, um, something comp- very compelling? What comes to mind?
5: Um, well, i colleague of mine had said uh, um, immediately after a session she said oh my dear I can hear better and then she called me uh, later in the day and she said okay I listen to the same 70s music every day all of a sudden I can hear different decibels and her vision had improved so um it was that was pretty remarkable um every one of my clients are remarkable you know people come in with knee injuries they've been to three or four doctors and you know again i i um, you know assess treat what i find then they walk out they walk out
2: <laughs> they're not living yeah.
5: out um so um is it is it a one session treat for everybody no not necessarily um, again, you know, there's, there. You, you asked me at the beginning, how does all this begin? Well, it, it happens, you know, at birth. It can happen as a, an infant, you know. We tumble, we fall, we, our siblings push us, you know. We're hitting our heads. We're...
2: <laughs> this sounds violent. like my whole
7: childhood. I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was climbing trees yeah. and swinging off bridges and... Yeah. Yeah.
2: falling off
5: wings exactly, and yeah. you know eventually after a after a while, your body will you know really just say, You know, I'm done
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> help um uh so yeah, so you know you know, and then you have an accident on top of that, you're in a car accident or you <laughs> I had one of
2: those
7: two <laughs> last year right? three cars totaled in seven seconds, yeah.
2: So,
7: oh, geez. It, it was crazy. Um, airbags went off. It was, thank God for airbags. I, I would have been looking like the Elephant Man for sure.
2: <laughs>
7: so, really? Yeah, yeah. It was that bad. Um, but so
5: I, uh, I, hmm? I once asked an auto mechanic, I said, you know, whatever happened to real steel on the on the fenders, right? <laughs> and he said. You're right? I said, in the old days, we used to have real steel because it seems like the cars just crumble like paper, right, when there's an accident. Right. And he said what they found was with that hard steel at impact would cause more damage to the human body than how cars are constructed um, now with a, a, smof- a softer, crinkly, you know, $4,000 damage. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, uh, I, I – I,
7: mm-hmm. I've, I've, uh, I've read that or heard that as well. Yeah. It
5: softens the blow, you know? So recently my, uh, um, myself, uh, last November, I was in a, a car accident with three cars, you know, going maybe 20 miles an hour and I could feel the whiplash in slow motion. And I thought, woo, this is what I treat for my <laughs> clients, you know? So, um, so I understand the unraveling process, um, you know, I'm not immune to stress and tension and burning the candle at the ends. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's you know, it's quote life. If you're living, you're going to be probably creating some <laughs> dysfunction eventually with your body. You know, you, know, you watch uh, the wrestlers or the boxers. Oh God. Good God, uh, football players! I'm like, Good God. I mean, Upledger, Upledger Institute, which is the um, uh, the institute that had uh, developed the cranial sacral uh, protocol. Mm.
2: Um,
5: they are now working with NFL players to help them with their concussions and right. traumatic and spinal cord injuries, post traumatic stress disorder. So, yes, this has a great value in um, healing clients' worse scenarios. Uh, I think most doctors don't know about it, don't want you to have a cure,
2: <laughs>
5: um, or uh, are indifferent to a guy. I remember interviewing with a chiropractor once, and he just did not believe that the bones in the head were removable. However, he had me work on him, and he was amazed how different he felt afterwards. Isn't that crazy? And you know, he still didn't hire me, as a, you know, which was fine because I don't want to work for somebody who just is not on the same page. But he mm-hmm. felt that after I
7: left working right. his, his
5: cranium bones, so. Um,
7: yeah, maybe yeah, he didn't I, want any competition,
5: so. <laughs> well, also, uh, I guess my um, my husband had an incident when he was younger. He was walking along, minding his own business, and he got hit in the back of the head with a flying baseball, which wow. threw him to the ground, and he said he got up, and he passed right out. So um, when I started working on him, he, started going through craniosacral treatment, that was a big area that was stuck on him, which did re- reduce a lot of uh, tension in his person, his uh, mouth, you know, his jaw, his mm. neck. And, yeah, um, yeah so I'm, I'm sort of proud of that. You know, I don't think he'll give me credit, but.
7: <laughs> really? He won't.
2: Um, you know.
7: No, he's 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 uh, attributing that to God, I guess.
2: Cool. Yeah.
7: Right. Okay. So pretty wild. I I I met a guy recently who he um, and actually I should connect him to you. Um, <laughs> that I and I I'll call him. Actually, he was his son was cutting a tree branch. It's. When it came down, and it, what did he say it was about the size of, like, a, a, an average man's thigh, right, the thickness? It came down, it hit the ground on the end, bounced up, and the end hit him in the face. Oh. At, at, yeah, and that, I talk about trauma. And, um, and he had a lot of anger, he told me, because uh, it basically debilitated him to the point where he had to quit his job, and he liked his job. He liked being productive and um, it's 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 interesting I, I I brought that up and I had a I had a cold last week and um, and and I've been low energy since last Wednesday that shifted this morning and I was getting upset because I I couldn't do a lot I wanted to be more productive I had a lot of things also piled up to do and um, and I was you know I was really I, w- I was starting to get um, agi- very agitated So I understand how he feels So um, people You know b- from that example um, What it sounds like is people can get A lot of their mobility back Sometimes after years of being um, You know hampered by these Physical ailments And, yeah. uh, and freedom also I mean that's yeah. We could it's, all use know, a little more freedom You know
5: Permanent is, is You know hideous you've got chronic pain, you do anything. You'll do anything for relief. Um, I'll have clients and planners that will seek me out for a deep tissue massage. And it, inevitably, while well, I'm having some, you know, big, big issue going on in their body. I'm going to assess and talk to them about doing some therapeutic body work. And, uh, and they'll feel much better then if they had a deep tissue massage, my my thumbs would have been ruined and the tissue would have been bruised and nothing would have been solved. So, mm. um, yeah. So, um, you yeah, know, the other issue that, that comes up for people are things. Uh, this is the dentist. I would say 85, 90% of our mouth issues, whether it's Tension in your jaw or TMJ or neck issues can be attributed to being at the dentist, holding your mouth open, um, yeah, drilling, feeling the tension, tension that co- that's caused by <laughs> the anxiety that's caused by, yeah. you know, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm aware
7: of it. I, I tense up also, and I'm not really afraid of anything, but I just tense up as a – Automatic reaction, and I have to relax myself because I'm aware what I'm do- of what I'm doing. But but it's almost like the body has a mind of its own, and it and it just wants to safeguard itself from what the dentist is doing. I guess.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So, exactly. Um, right. But so you
7: are you're you're saying that a lot of these issues with the mouth are caused by that stress that I guess most people have. What every once every six months or so, once no, every year.
2: For
5: not just that, but I mean um, a lot of people's problems stem from having orthodontics, orthodontics on, on their teeth, braces mm-hmm. on their teeth, and right. um, the uh, because the the Cranial, the cranial, there's a cranial rhythm that is, that pulses from the flow of the cerebral spinal fluid, and that is from your sacrum up through your, your brain. And if anywhere along that passage there is impairment, restriction, then the some part of your body is getting left out of the good, refresh new fluids, that only cerebral spinal fluid can heal and refresh. So um, when you have uh, braces on, they, they can stop the rhythm or miscalculate it one in one way and one in the other. and so then that it's sort of like a tire stuck in the ditch going just grinding and grinding and grinding until, you you have a neck ache. You have a backache. You have a, a pain in the neck. A pain in the hip. A pain in your knee. Um so a lot of that unraveling can come from having dip braces as a younger person and um and uh, people had remarkable results from just having that remedied.
7: Oh, wow, it's interesting. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so you you work out of an office in Fort Lee that's that's in New Jersey, right because we um th- we have listeners from from all over um do you do you ever travel do folks you know call you um right. like would you right. would you travel for um, you know for whatever I'm sure that would be different pricing but um would you go out of state would you go into the five boroughs or
1: yes, I
5: have to all of that. Um, I probably won't travel more than a half an hour at this, at this time, you know, one way. Um, but I have, you know, traveled to people's homes on a regular basis and then, and, you know, charge maybe a small, a small travel food. Cool. But there's another thing I'd like to speak about tonight and then um, that is about our tech technology. And every great advantage we have with technology, there are many things that are affecting us, the electromagnetic fields that are affecting us on a daily basis. And two of them being Wi-Fi, microwaves, and your cell phone. Those all are emitting just about the same frequencies and can cause a great disruption and imbalance in your system. Uh, Two things I can note is uh, people tend to feel more dehydrated no matter how much water they're drinking because the water molecule does not get a chance to recharge. And also the electromagnetic fields will reverse the spin of your DNA. So it's like it's like being on a Ferris wheel going backwards all the time. That can make you sick. <laughs> yeah. Um,
7: I, so I, yeah. I'm hearing about theories that I, I guess that you know we'll, they haven't been able to prove it yet uh, to whatever degree they need to. But um, uh, so with all the self, the mobile phone, cell phone transmissions going on um there seems to be this school of thought that's uh saying perhaps it's causing a lot of the birth defects we're seeing right? like the autism um uh autism symptoms and and a lot of you know uh, just the some of the newer issues we're seeing with with newborns um and well. Yeah, Yeah,
5: in 20 years, we're going to look back and go, what were we thinking of? Right. You know? What were we thinking of? I mean, autism also has a great success rate with um, craniosacral therapy. Um, Just to put it out there, you know, any, any problem with the nervous system can also be greatly remedied.
7: Problems with you said the nervous system.
5: Your nervous system, yes, your neurology, correct.
7: R- right. Well, I think yeah, it's it's uh, treating that or affecting that uh, overall, uh, especially cranial sacral therapy. Um, so what a what common emotional issues are you seeing people come in for, or or does it come or does it start with well I have this pain. And uh, and then once you kind of get into what's happening with the, the your client, uh, the information comes about that it, that it may be or is emotionally emotional uh, uh, emotionally re- or related to emotional issues. That's what I wanted to say.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, our body is quite remarkable. It mm. will when it goes into fight and fight and flight mode. It will protect you, so you don't bleed to death, you know. But sometimes the valve doesn't get turned off, and your body's staying in fight and flight mode all the time, and and you're stressed out all the time because it it didn't somehow it didn't get the message to turn off. So um, so you know we can help to get rid of all that. Um, excess energy <laughs> <It's> <laughs> burning a hole practically and um, and just dissipate it so it can um, you know it can not harm you anymore and just calm down your tissue, calm down your central nervous system and let your body do what it does best.
7: Interesting. No- you you said you used the analogy burn a hole.
5: Well, I mean, what? we call it energy cysts. I mean, there is a technique to find where there's a energy, you called it energy, and it is energy, where the primary target of dysfunction may be. And and in the center of that, like if if you drop a pebble into a pool of water, you see these ripples, correct?
7: Right, but I understand yes. what you're saying. I just never heard it explained that way. So I, I do. You said you said um, you described it first as excess energy that feels like it could be burning a hole, and that's...
2: Well,
5: that's, I mean, because I mean, like, sometimes I'll feel an excessive amount of heat in a person, and that will right. be discharging um, from this energy cyst, and and then it will regulate to regular body temperatures. But at the center of this energy cyst can have... Um, you know a lot of heat a lot of velocity a lot of angst
7: yeah. yeah yeah no i it it uh it it make, it rings true for me i had actually i had kind of a, 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 a an addiction to adrenaline <laughs> and uh and it it was a, it that's what it felt like a lot of excess energy that was kind of um yeah running me like running me hot a bit you know i would i would run on the on the hot side and um and actually it was described there was um i knew um well he's he's in montana he's kind of retired now but i i knew a guy that was like a human mri i've actually met 3 of them in my life <laughs> so far and he also he was diagnosing somebody i know and he's perhaps the best diagnostics man in the world. Um, and he he does it in person, or he can even do it through high high resolution photos. Um, and he did describe it as, as when people are fight or flight, um, it it's like they're they have a their their body's like a furnace and it's burning, it's right. it's burning too high. The temperature's too high, he said. So what you get out of that is, is soot. You get a lot of carbon. Um yes, so he was just yes. using that to illustrate his point and and it it made a lot of sense to me and um that person did eventually work through that uh some years later not you know didn't take too long but uh
2: right. Right. yeah
7: but uh it it's a tough play, and I think it was just from you know her like again her child childhood dynamics and um you know whatever went on there and because it was something that was with her for a long time. And I, I spoke with her. I actually asked her about it recently, I remembered, and I said, how is it? Um, and she said it's, it's gotten a lot better because she actually, she, she took some time off from work, um, a few years, actually, and just chilled out. She worked all her life from a very young age. Her mother put her to work at a very young age. And uh, um, they, she was from another country, one of the Asian countries. Uh, Culture is a little bit different there, and um, yeah, she was pretty fight or flight,
2: <laughs>
7: and uh, I I think that does kind of uh, it's challenging. It's challenging to 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 deal with that that kind of a dynamic, and um,
5: it, well, it's you nice. Know, mm-hmm. Right, life is challenging. I mean, you know, it hits us. Um, you know, I always say life's what's happening when you made other plans. So you got to make some plans, and then you know something else. will happen. And right. um, and you know, I mean, people will will stuff it. Will will stuff an emotion. Will stuff grief. They'll they'll stuff anxiety. They'll stuff stress. And right. then you know you're you're you know just out of control with pain or. Yeah. Um, the drugs, or you know, people. Yeah, it's it's sort of snowballs. Um, I think the important thing is for us to think of our body as our car. You know, people take better car, better care of their car than they do of their body, and you know, they pay attention to the tires, they pay attention to the engine. They pay attention to the exhaust, and they're not even paying attention to what indications our body are, is giving us, that pain, that headache, that constipation, that um, there's messages our body is telling us all the time, and to learn to become more at one with those messages, then you know there's a place you can go to have them leave. Um and not necessarily just that little white pill.
7: Yeah. Um it's it's remarkable. There's so many different um solutions now. Uh it seems like than, than, than years ago. But I remember do you remember John Bradshaw on PBS?
5: I loved him, yeah.
7: Yeah, he was doing a lot of emotional release work and uh it was I think it was a, a kind of groundbreaking back then. I didn't see anybody else doing like, it. What's yeah, that? He
5: was he was a leader. Yeah, he was definitely uh um led led the path, you know.
2: He, yeah. Yeah, he definitely. I uh, I'm
7: I'm surprised he didn't get, you know, bigger than he was um but I think uh, you know on on the other hand is there are a lot of people like you said that just want to stuff this these these issues and, and not really deal with them and I guess just carry them around.
5: They, um, yeah, they don't want to feel, so they stuff it and um, and create another layer and another layer and another layer until they just can't function anymore. And um, yeah, so it's part of yeah. life. You know, it, it it's going to happen to everybody. Um, some kind of some kind of misalignment, tension, um, pain, yes,
7: yeah, A- yeah, some kind of hitting the wall, correct I, I think, correct. and then and then we get serious and yeah and and,
5: and so I think to, I think tonight if we can educate your audience that there are choices out there that can give you relief and um, yeah that there, there are these modalities, these manual modalities that a person can be trained with the hand, just the hand, to heal you. And it's soft touch. It's, it's, it's gentle soft touch because your body gives ind- indications of release. And it takes over. I'm just a facilitator. Your body is in control all the time. I follow
2: its cues as I work right. on you.
7: Yes. So, so do you do this? I I assume in, intuitively, you you just follow um, what the what the the path the body's kind of let's say showing you through
2: yeah. through your um, intuition
7: or however it's well, connecting.
5: That's, that's how we're trained. You know, I'm not a psychic. I'm right. I, I've had people say to me, "Are you psychic?" And I'm thinking, "Well, no. There's tension. I can feel it. It's right here. You know, and your body sort of got red flags going. Hey, right here." You know, so um, yeah, so it's it, it's yeah, it's definitely a very interesting practice, and I I love to see people with a smile on their face. I know what that's like because I suffered from maladies through my career, and um, and it is a relief to find somebody that. Understood what was going on with my body and help unravel it. Um, just before we leave, I just want to finish the discussion we had on electromagnetic fields and and um, the uh, technology. So there there are helpful tools to help your body. I have a healing technique that I can help resync you on a cellular level, and and share some. Um, some, mo- some uh, ways that you your person, your home can be saved <laughs> from impact <laughs> from uh, a lot of these invisible waves that we don't know what the hell they're doing to us
2: <laughs> right um,
5: but they're definitely screwing with your um, your body
7: in, yeah. your body's in energy field right? I yes, mean yes, yeah correct and, and I,
2: we've seen these,
7: these, whatever they are, these little devices, elements. And um, so tell us about the one that you found. You, and you, you told me when we were actually discussing this on the phone a couple weeks ago that um, you, once you start employing one of these devices, let's call them, um, you actually you notice a difference, right, right away? You can actually notice yeah. that it's changed. Um, Something for the better is that is that true?
5: Well, um, one client I had had been tased almost to death.
7: Okay, right.
5: a hideous incident, and sh- there were drug dealers that were you know crazy, and uh-huh. and targeted her. So um, you know when you have a situation like that, she said she had lost her mind. And the police came and took her to a mental institution. And the psychiatrist said there that so many people that have been phased are affected in a profound way that is, you know, destructive. So I did this energy healing or balancing cellular resynchronization technique with her, and I asked her to get up and take a walk. And all of a sudden, she said, I can feel my feet. My feet are on the ground. Let me go down the stairs. Let me go down the stairs. And, yes, I can go down the stairs, and it doesn't feel like I'm going to fall. She was ecstatic, and it changed her life. So I saw on the extreme um, um, side of the coin what it can do. And, And my husband and I will... We'll treat each other, you know, once a week, once every two weeks. And we both get off the tables and we'll, uh, table and we'll say, I-, I don't know what happened, but it definitely feels different, you know. So there is a subtle and extreme that can happen from having the
0: electromagnetic field um, squeezed out of the system. Um, on, on that note, uh, we're, our journey for today is approaching uh, its ends. Um, I want to thank you both for a phenomenally uh, informative and uh, entertaining uh, show. And uh, I know we'll be inviting you back, uh, Catherine, because uh, the, the, we've only scratched the surface uh, today with uh, all the information uh, you have to share. Um, I put the information uh, for contacting you on uh, Facebook, but for the folks who are not on Facebook, um, how can they best uh, learn about all the wonderful things that you're doing in Fort Lee and, and beyond?
5: Um, they can Google Lottie Therapeutics, and that will come up. Or cranial facing therapy Fort Lee, Catherine Perman, and I can give out my phone number. Should I? Okay.
0: If you yeah. like, uh, if you like, I'll post it too on uh, on uh, Facebook as well.
5: Sure, that would be good, yeah.
0: So yeah, what's you your phone open, number? Yeah.
7: Uh, 917-701-1162. 917-701-1162. All right, I'll call for an appointment tomorrow.
0: <laughs> <So> my <laughs> 917, I nine nine type nine very six slowly, eight. Seven seven oh 962
5: 917-701-1162. 1162.
0: Okay. Yeah.
5: So my favorite tagline is to say, let me de-stress your distress.
2: <laughs> All right.
7: I like that. It's a catchy one. So...
0: So we have 90 seconds. Uh, Is there any last-minute word of wisdom that either one of you would like to offer to our listeners? Um, Thank you for
5: having me. This is my my podcast debut. And uh, so um, I'm thrilled at the opportunity to speak to you and to educate um, your audience.
7: We have a little time yet. So what are some of the things um, that you can resolve? Um, just just let's, okay. let's name, you know, until, yeah, until the music comes on. What, what, or what have people come to you for and have, have gotten relief?
5: Headaches, migraines, uh-huh. sleep issues, TMJ, chronic neck and back pain, learning disabilities, memory problems, depression, uh, ADD, vision and hearing issues, post traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain, um, sciatica, fibromyalgia, and yeah.
7: Wow. That's really a lot. And, and emotional issues. It's um, yes. unresolved trauma, yes. right? Correct. Um, trapped emotions, Correct. that kind of stuff. Um, the